0: The Google SERP is constantly changing. We now see ourselves in a whole new marketing shift away from destination-based marketing to something else. We're learning that something else with Cyrus Shepard today on The Edge.
1: Go! Your weekly digital marketing trends with industry trend-setting guests. Powered by your digital marketing pioneers, Site Strategics. This week's feature guest is Cyrus Shepard, founder of Zippy SEO. Now, here's your host, Aaron Sparks.
0: So I'd like to introduce you to Cyrus Shepard. He's the founder of Zippy SEO. He's an SEO online marketer, content publisher, speaker, and writer. Uh, he was actually, before everything else, a struggling screenwriter. Before SEO got a hold of him, he first discovered SEO in 2009, and where he took a wine business from 500 k in sales to $2.5 million in one year. He joined Moz in 2010, and he's been on the circuit of speaking events, first at MozCon and then SMX, marketing festival, marketing nation summit, MN search summit, and more. He's worked on dozens of startups and uh, fortune 500 companies. He's author and blogger at the Moz blog above the fold, marketing, pilgrim inbound marketing and SEO, how to rank and the beginner's guide to SEO and more. So Zippy SEO, just to tell you this, they offer SEO consulting, they develop SEO software, and they connect with people looking for SEO services with trusted vendors. So it's an honor to have Cyrus back on the show. Cyrus, how are you doing today?
1: I'm good. Thank you very much here in the uh, Pacific Northwest. And it's a very rainy day.
0: Very rainy day. And well, usually, isn't that? It's usually rainy, is it not?
1: So I've been living on the coast for about four months, and all the locals here talk about the rains like it's the monsoon season. I used to live in Seattle, so I'm I'm familiar with rains. Yeah, but this is another level. This is uh, <laughs> this is apocalyptic. Oh my lord! Rain. Yeah. Oh, I'm think, sorry
0: to hear that. Don't wash away now. Uh, no, but no. I mean, how how long has it been going on?
1: It started two weeks ago. and We had one day that had four inches, and I don't think I've ever experienced that wow. train in
0: my life. Yeah, that's 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 big time. Thankfully, it's not turning into snow right now. That would be a hot mess. Yeah, yeah, that'd be. I cool. live on a steep hill, so that wouldn't work. Very cool. Very well. Um, well, now he's saying, "Now I'm scared of mudslides." My gosh! All right, stay safe out there, Cyrus. For our listeners who don't know you, shame on them. (laughs) But Cyrus, you've been in SEO for a long time. You've been with us on this show about four years ago. Before anything else, just share us your pathway through SEO in your own words, if you would.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, I started out like a lot of people did. I was building websites in HTML, trying to market them, going online and looking at every possible way, you know, uh, AdSense at the time, um, affiliate programs, and I found SEO. And it was like a light bulb going off. I didn't have to sell anything. I could just provide answers to people who were looking for something. That's amazing. uh, yeah, I hated selling. My first my first job out of high school was this job selling coupon books, telemarketing. Yeah. And I would call little old ladies and try to convince them to buy this coupon book that they obviously didn't need. And I lasted 2 days and I hated it. Hated it. And it, it really turned me off to, you know, selling. Not that selling's bad. There's great ways to sell. But I just love that SEO, you could attract people to your site. So I'm rambling here about why I love SEO, but I, I started taking clients. Mm-hmm. I got a job with a uh, SEO software company in town called SEO Moz, which was the most popular SEO software company in the world at that point. Uh, then I started teaching other people about SEO and my career just kind of took off. Over 10 years, I uh, I... Became an independent consultant. Mm-hmm. Uh, I worked with Moz a lot over that time period until they finally uh, exited to a public company. Mm-hmm. Uh, felt it was a good time to leave. And now I'm completely on my own with Zippy SEO, developing software, consulting, connecting people to other consultants and you know, exploring this great industry.
0: Oh, very cool, very cool. And uh, you've seen a heck of a lot in that period of time. We all have who've been around in SEO for that long, but uh, you were right there in the pocket with a top-level company and doing some incredible instruction and guidance in this. It was a a community more than anything else uh, during those years. But you were back here four years ago, and in that period of time, I mean, it's almost like, you can't even count it in dog years. These are like Google years, right? <laughs> yeah. So yeah. much has changed since uh, you've been on the show, but where do we start? I mean, there's <laughs> – there's, there's. The, on top of it, we just got a new announcement from uh, Google Search Console. They have a whole other kind of reset and presentation of the ranking systems and all the different algorithms. It's great to be able to preen through that because it's finally kind of getting addressed in a, a little bit better fashion. But – that's hot off the presses. What has happened? Let's look at a few things yeah. over the course of the last four years. We've had uh, – just focusing on the SERP itself, right, the search engine result page. We have fewer ads but still less organic space that's happening on the SERP. Lots of new SERP features, right, like you know, they, they keep people on the page, like people also ask and the like. Google's yep. even pulling content from sites, right? Right.
1: Yes, Google is uh, collating a lot of data from various sites, collating the information and presenting it in a way that gives answers to people so they don't necessarily have to click into results and dig into blog posts. They still link out and you can still get traffic from that, but they're becoming a collector of information.
0: Exactly. There's a clear trend that's happening here. Answers to questions on the SERP itself. More and more visual. uh, That's that's where everything is developing right now. you got product ads, image listings, thumbnails, and the web listings themselves. They have the grids of 2 by 2 and 2 by 3 on mobile. Even, uh, you actually just tweeted out something that You saw as a test on your Zippy SEO of big blocks of buttons as opposed to links and site links on your on your on the on the SERP.
1: Yeah, and we could talk about that a lot. If you listen to what Google is saying in their product announcements mm-hmm. and what their engineers are working on, it's image search, it's visual search, uh, you know, and I tell you on my phone, I moved into a new house recently, I have it this yard. I'm using visual search more than I ever have in my life where I just snap a picture of something and Google tells me what it is, whether it's a specific light bulb picture or a brush or a shrub in my yard, I'm trying to identify it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think visual search and image search, you're seeing more of these images in the SERPs as well, I think that's the direction Google wants to go. And in five years' time, it's usually not one year when they announce this, but, you know, five years out, visual search is going to be a much bigger thing than it is today. It's
0: amazing. We just talked to Crystal Carter, and she gave a presentation at Moz this year about visual search. And the amount of data that is in an image is... 20-fold, 100-fold more than what Google could actually discern as intent from a particular query. There's so much that it's understanding, processing, and educating itself upon each and every image uh, submitted that we've got an exponential growth of knowledge and, uh, on, on top of that, intent truly being understood yeah. by by the image submitted. There's so many pieces on the SERP here, but Google's actually kind of getting in the way of what we have been thinking of ourselves as being the destination for answers. The SERP is wedging more and more, even to the degree of lead generations happening at the SERP, not so much nearly as much as it was at the destination webpage as well, right?
1: Yeah, and and we can think about it as uh, the zero-click content, what they're calling it these days, where your information may appear in the SERPs, but you're not necessarily getting the click. That still doesn't mean that there isn't an opportunity to brand yourself, to show up. I'm an organic search geek, so I still want the click, and I want to do everything I can to get the click. But again, the name of the game today is at least showing up to start with. So you can get that brand appearance and you can get the clicks if it happens. Mm. And that's where things are moving.
0: We're proud to have Site Strategics as a sponsor of Edge of the Web. We're pioneers in the agile digital marketing methodology. Core specialties that we provide are technical SEO, including core web vitals optimization, search engine marketing, social media marketing and management, focus on conversion rate optimization, truly focused on results-based marketing that works. We've also developed a unique omnichannel media marketing and content curation process as guided by our weekly R&D. From our Edge of the Web interviews, we incorporate the best techniques for our content broadcast strategy and execution. If you're interested in what we can do for you, just give us a call at 877 seo for web or 877-736-4932. And slowly, slowly, our organics are kind of eroding away. I can quote you from another podcast just recently. A couple studies have been out here for the zero-click perspective here. But before anything else, Google is also getting in the space of creating its own content, not only just rewriting the titles of pages that are indexed, and that's a whole other thing unto itself. But it's actually starting to create content from unknown entities and not cite anyone per se. It was actually kind of a perfect example was uh, London. Whenever you were actually searching London, it actually had its own content that was not derived from any one particular website. It was an amalgam. And pretty much it's kind of learning learning what London's about and writing its own information. Now, that's a scary thing in its own right because at least we were, have been, I should say, fueling Google and being able to be represented At those points of citation, our brand was being anointed, but now the child's learning enough that it can actually start writing itself. Are we going to be seeing this as a a growing scenario that Google doesn't need us anymore? It knows everything about that particular question.
1: Yeah. And this is an interesting topic that I think we could spend a lot of time about. We were talking in the pre-show about, you know, artificial intelligence Mm -hmm. and uh, Google you know, all these AI tools rising up and Google doesn't quite know what to do with them. Uh, We've seen evidence of Google demoting sites Mm -hmm. that are, you know, purely written by these AI tools. At the same time, Google is using some of the most sophisticated AI in the world to create its own content. (laughs) Uh, Right now, it seems like they're doing that confidently in areas, you know, like the London example you shared, Mm -hmm. when they have a ton of training data and they're very confident that they can present the information information accurately. For less specific queries, when they're not as confident, they're leaving it up to the websites and people to determine for themselves, and they're not creating that content. Uh, but yeah, it's I think we've had this dilemma for the last 10 years where Google is taking our information and using it to give answers to people, but yet they still need websites to create that information. And I think Google, Google calls it their web ecosystem. And I think they... Mm-hmm. They kind of falsely sometimes think they own and develop this farm of websites, which may be accurate. <laughs> uh, but in that view, you know, we are Google's crop. They still need us. The farmers to grow these websites so that they have information. So it's a balance they have to play. They want to send us some traffic and give value, but they also want to take the information. It's a dilemma. <laughs>
0: That's the transaction right now. And I had the the image of just all of us being pod people at that point in time. Uh, yep. it, it took me to a dark place, man. Help me, help me get out of there. What do you envision? You've mentioned this a couple times on some tweets as well, as blog posts, and a couple podcasts. I kind of a movement to. This model of a destination site as being changing, about the monetization of marketing into a different space where it's no longer get them to that destination, but you're talking about branding. How do we see that ROI play out and the investment when we get into much more of this content influencer status? How do we actually draw the, uh, the lines there? Yeah,
1: that's an interesting question. And I, I don't want to write the death of destination uh, SEO off. I think there's still years and years of runway left mm-hmm. uh, to drive people to your website for you know regular organic clicks. But when your website is not necessarily the destination for those general information queries, you, still have the pro- you, you go back to marketing 101 mm-hmm. and you're back to how do I drive brand awareness? What is your ultimate goal? Because there's no CEO of any Fortune 500 company laying awake at night thinking, how do I drive more visits to my website? It's how do I get more sales? How do I build my brand? Exactly. The place you do that is simply shifting from your website and your clicks to the SERP experience itself. So putting your best messages out there. Mm-hmm. And you also have to be aware that people are going to take different routes to your website and to your brand. And, and you know, whether that's Google or Twitter or your different social networks, getting them to that final destination is your goal. Right. And that's what you have to be aware of.
0: Right. No, no, no. I'm with you. And, and we've been really trying to advocate the omni-channel approach whenever you're Moving your your different touch points of your brand into different channels like like audio, like video, like like uh, infographics, like social, all the different spaces in which you can actually consistently represent your brand. Brand because the digital native is touching in in so many different ways those uh, digital points. But along the way, the scenario of momentum and the perspective of the intangible nature of internet influence and. Literally, the momentum that you can actually start seeing with tools that are going to be more oriented towards SERP features than ranking. I think we're going to see a lot of evolution of these great tools that we have out there. And it's really tough because the SERP changes to intent. It's not going to have that image pack all the time. So our ranking tools, our measurement tools are really going to have to adapt to this new ecosystem, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm a huge SERP guy, and I, to your point, I don't think people pay enough attention to the SERP. Google made a big change uh, this past summer to the SERPs on mobile, where they're, you know, including a more prominent favicon, mm. a site title. Oh yeah, that's uh, right. They, they change the length of the mobile SERP results just slightly to more match up with desktop. I, I see hardly anybody talking about these things, and you know, the, for the most websites, these mobile results are driving sixty percent of your clicks. But I never see anybody. talking talk about the favicon, even though it can make like a 2 to 3% difference in the number of people clicking your result. People just aren't looking at their uh, SERP optimization in general. Right. They're not looking at the images they're generating, their site links, their rich results. And I think that should be you know the very first thing you look at in any SEO audit is how am I looking and what are my opportunities to grab more of that real estate because so many opportunities exist.
0: Absolutely. And, and I think it's daunting because there are so many points on that SERP map that are constantly in flux. A couple other things just to capitalize on what you were saying there. The people search next factor. This is another form of the people also ask, But Mm -hmm. it's also predicting the behavior of your intent to the degree that's even giving you additional breadcrumbs of, okay, you've searched this. Now you're going to actually search this as well. We've seen from one of our clients uh, that Google is actually reading all of the reviews and creating pills, navigable pills in the knowledge panel based on what it's seeing as common kind of archetypal references inside of inside of the reviews. So, for example, if somebody's talking about how hot something gets on a regular basis, all of a sudden that bubbles up into a pill for the user to understand more and more. And there is no string of information there except for the information itself that it's gathering. Other factors like search guidance. There's actually search guidance In your SERP now, that will move you further in that, as well as faceted type of uh, tools, let alone the tabulated data that's on on these things. There's so much that we're not paying attention to, truly, to your point.
1: Yeah. And as an SEO, you can use, as a marketer, you can use those data information points, the same way we use people also ask Mm -hmm. to guide your own content strategy and the architecture of your page to make sure that it gives you an opportunity to answer those questions yourselves in a logical order, as opposed to throwing it back to Google and maybe they'll click something else, whatever. But, you know, keeping those traditional SEO signals, keeping people on your page and answering questions as thoroughly as possible. Google kind of understands that data better than we do. So it's good if we can use that information to inform our own SEO.
0: You gotta know the SERP and you gotta know that things are changing regularly. And Google's giving us all opportunities to be able to be in those SERP features, right?
1: Yeah, and, and unfortunately, like most SEO trends, most of us are still working two to three years behind the curve as opposed to what Google is telling us and the opportunities they're giving us to rank. Uh, It's Google changes so fast, it's, it's very difficult to keep up sometimes.
0: Maximize your clients budgets using Wix use every dollar towards growth and revenue driving assets by relying on Wix's enterprise grade security and reliability. Work more efficiently using Wix's SEO automation and scalable SEO solutions to deliver sustainable results without vulnerabilities, downtime, and workflow inefficiencies for any website of any size. Fix less, grow more with Wix. Go over to edgeofthewebradio.com forward slash Wix today to learn more. We talk about zero-click here as the features start moving around the board here. SEMrush just had a zero-click study that they uh, released a, a couple of weeks back and they were talking about kind of a rehash. I wouldn't say a rehash. It was a new perspective on zero-click. Moz actually, or I'm sorry, SparkTuro, had a zero-click report that they did a while back that uh, was really challenging because it was looking at like maybe 65% of -hmm. of queries actually resulted in a a zero-click. This uh, SEMrush study, they studied 20,000 users across desktop and mobile with clickstream data. Okay, and they, they had uh, – this was just in the month of May of this year. They had about 600,000 unique search requests, and they actually looked at patterns on this thing of organic clicks, paid clicks, Google clicks, right? And Google keyword changes as well as any others that were inside this two minute mark. So they actually saw some stats here real quick. 30% of the people are either refining or extending their searches in some way. 51% of the certs contained image packs. Now we hadn't seen that before is that all of a sudden image is actually right in front. It's not on another tab. It's populating in the SERP itself. So there's crossovers of these different SERPs that used to be, SERP features that used to be in different tabs and different domains. Now they're all kind of cross pollinating now, right?
1: Yeah, that study uh, conducted by Marcus Tober who used to run search metrics, very respected SEO. Uh, And it was useful to your point, what he showed that he went a little beyond the SparkToro study Mm -hmm. uh, that breaking down those zero click searches to show that people were typing in multiple queries. They weren't finding what they're looking for. And in the end, I think the numbers about evened out with a spark tour people mm-hmm. uh, study people not clicking, but they're refining their search. Let's go back to that image yeah. thing again yeah, yeah, yeah. For, for a second. So with the rise of visual search with Google, we can almost start to think as images, as keywords, another keyword Avenue for us to explore mm-hmm. because People aren't typing in, people are inputting images as their input through their mobile phones or whatever, and that's just going to continue to rise. Or they're shown an image in a Google SERP result, and... They may not know what it is, but it looks like something they're interested in. The image becomes another keyword yep. and an avenue to their site. Because I'm still clicking on through to websites when I see a particular light bulb or a tree I want to learn more about. So having those images and all that metadata and all those ways that you can optimize your images, you know, your image site maps, yada yada yada. There's there's a whole school of thought about optimizing images. Mm-hmm. Those become a keyword route to your website that people can take advantage of
0: absolutely so there's there's these derivatives of key concepts that are populating you have the images obviously keywords are a pathway images are a pathway videos are a pathway these are all new derivatives of the entity concept that is bubbling up to the top here and it's also kind of matching users preference of kind of consumables, right? So yeah. some people are going to be much more image focused as opposed to search query focused. And this is where Google mom really starts kind of taking hold, right? And we're seeing the beginnings of that and the mom, I can't, can't really do it that much service. It's basically a multimodal unified method of bringing, different types of mediums to answer the question based on the user's preference. So the SERP is going to be changing much more radically than what we're seeing right now. We're going to have this crossover or bleed through of all of these different pieces of medium that match how you want to actually pursue a yeah. particular subject matter or your own preferences. That's yeah. that's in the future, man.
1: That's such a great way to put it. I mean, we we talk about this query refinement, people typing in three or four times to get what they want. We have to remember Google still is not a mind reader. And, you know, over 50% of the time when a searcher searches for something, they don't get it right the first time. And it used to be 10 blue links. Please pick between these 10 blue links, read the article and pick which one works best for your query. Now they're populating the SERP with 50 different things visually, little keyword refinements that people can work through really quickly, and did you actually mean this? And they can refine Mm. those systems much quicker than they used to be, but it also presents an opportunity for us.
0: Absolutely, so uh, the summary of that study said, uh, the basic fact that Google offers so many access points in its other SERPs with images, videos, products, along with a plethora of filtering options via carousels and the like, is probably enough evidence of this in itself that uh, people were wanting more immediate and digestible information. And so, all, instead of seeing thinking that ten blue links is the death or the dying off of SEO, SEOs just changed. We're now in image optimization, be able to the doors have opened up. To a much greater degree, we just have to know how to actually get this medium in front of Google, right?
1: That's right. There isn't one entrance to the matrix. It's when Neo goes back into the back hallway with the key master and there's a hundred doors. <laughs> cool. Uh, and, if, <laughs> <laughs> and they all be your website if you have the right key.
0: Let me tell you a little bit about our new sponsor, SE Ranking. SE Ranking is a cloud-based platform that offers a comprehensive set of tools for SEO and online marketing professionals. Their platform includes a site audit, competitor analysis, website ranking, keyword suggestion and grouping, backlink monitoring, automated and professional reporting, and much, much more. As a new sponsor of Edge of the Web, we want to share who they are and what they're offering. We have a contest. It's the SE Rankings Checklist Challenge. If you complete the challenge, you'll get one month of the Pro 1000 subscription for free. So go to edgeofthewebradio.com forward slash SE Rankings. You'll get a free use of the Pro Level software package for two weeks. And here's what you have to do to complete the checklist Create a project, add at least five keywords, find five competitors via the competitive research tool and add them to your My Competitor section. Run a website audit and show what issue you're going to fix. Do a backlink check and upload your backlinks to the backlink monitoring tool. Add any page to the page changes monitor that's in the website audit section and show the graphs of history. of changes. Send your screenshots of completion of these steps to the email that you'll receive when signing up and you'll receive a full month of Pro 1000 service. And one edge listener will get a full year business package. We'll announce that on our February 14th podcast. Not kidding around. This is a $2,500 value. So go over to edgeofthewebradio.com forward slash SE ranking to sign up now. So let me talk about tools here real quick because now from a SERP analysis, all of these ranking tools out there, Ahrefs, SEMrush, uh, Moz as well, they've all been in the space of giving us feedback based on a keyword rank. We also understand that that's also a narrow focus because you can have, you know, you can be tracking 500, 500 keywords, but that's not the extent of that. So it's always been kind of a myopic, these are the trophy concepts. Well, the SERP has to be tracked. And the SERP and all of its features have to be seen from these tools. Are you uh, knowledgeable about any tool that's jumping into the game and really been able to start giving us that type of good feedback on SERP features uh, in a a pattern standpoint?
1: I was about ready to ask you the same. Uh, I know when I I worked at Moz and we worked with the SERP team, and I know that there's dedicated teams at A-Refs, SEMrush, all the trackers, because that's a full-time job. Because Google introduces new features unannounced every single day, and the code has to be rewritten, like, almost daily to capture these SERP features and what SERP features, and they'll drop them. So at a certain point, you have to decide which <laughs> what SERP features are we tracking? What SERP features are we not going to pay attention to? And it is a difficult, difficult job. And I'm not sure any tool right now that I'm aware of mm. is doing a very good job of capturing all the nuance well, of the different avenues.
0: I know of Cistrix that has been doing a good deal of of SERP, almost like screen capturing, and being able to do comparisons between different SERPs. Uh, CaliCube, Jason Bernard's platform, oh, yeah. is actually really good at capturing the brand SERP of the left rail and the right the right rail, yep. and, and all the different knowledge panels that can actually be represented From an entity, right? So there's some niche type of software out there that's giving us comparison, almost like a pattern recognition out there. I think Samrush is doing a bang up job with understanding its search features. What I would like to see is tools that can actually understand a continued patterning of intent is actually being Uh, responded to with these feature sets Mm -hmm. and giving us guidance on you should really focus on content and videos with this particular intent on your website and then in a different way being able to have that type of echolocation of these terms or these clusters aren't really receiving these or or we're not seeing the cert features that we said on the other one. Sorry, I'm I'm rambling now, but I would love to be able to see that type of sonic type of uh, recommendation Platform uh, evolve.
1: Yeah, and I think some tools. Uh, you you mentioned some great examples, uh, Systrix and Calicube, and it's possible some of the tools do this already. But what I n- normally see is people look at keywords one at a time, and they look at the SERP <laughs> yeah. features and tools. I don't know if Arefs or Semrush or any of. Uh, are doing this, but something that could summarize these features for you. Mm -hmm. Uh, 30% of your keywords are triggering, you know, a a video carousel or, you know, these modules that would be awesome to see where your opportunities
0: are. Uh, It really would. So we, we challenged the, the tool building uh, sector there. Uh, Give us, give us some uh, pattern recognition, give us some guidance on uh, where you see that the new gold rush, because that's really what it is, is that we've had keywords for the longest time. We've had uh, link authority, but in the space of the new terrain that we're in, Google's providing this new SERP feature set. We really need to be able to have those type of tools at our disposal to be able to go capitalize on these. So there's our plea, <laughs> public service announcement yes. as well. Yes. Uh, Cyrus, it's, it's- incredibly enjoyable to talk to you. I'd like to wrap up this segment and then jump into another segment talking about internal link building as well as some automation concepts if you're game for it.
1: Absolutely. Looking forward
0: to it. Fantastic. All right. So with that, thank you very much and make sure that you listen to the second part of the Cyrus Shepard interview by visiting the the edgeofthewebradio.com website. Follow Cyrus on Twitter for as long as it is there. (laughs) at Cyrus C-Y-R-U-S Shepherd S-H-E-P-A-R-D and follow us on Twitter as well as Mastodon at Edge Web Radio. Thanks to our sponsors of the show. Make sure you check out all the must-see videos over on our YouTube channel. Thankfully, that's not going away. <laughs> um, if you can't wait, check out uh, the entire show uh, on YouTube as well. From all of us over at Edge, stay safe, stay well, and do not be a piece of cyber driftwood. We'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye.